Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Have you ever hit the snooze button on open enrollment and just thought, ah, I'll just keep what I had last year, I guess? I know I have, but definitely not this year because open enrollment is the best time to shake things up, change up your healthcare plan, enroll in new benefits, and make sure you're set for next year. I mean, did we really think at this time last year we'd be talking about a pandemic? 
I certainly did. So now is the best time to make sure your benefits are as pandemic-proof as possible. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton-Game, where we flip the script on the old-school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 4.5% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. According to a new MetLife survey, Gen Z and millennial workers are lacking confidence when making decisions around their benefits, and it's causing them to feel insecure about their finances overall. If you've ever had that sinking feeling that you just don't know if you're in the right health plan and you've had questions about the myriad of other benefit choices, this episode is for you. Meredith Ryan-Reed is a senior VP and head of MetLife's financial wellness and engagement organization, together with Millennial Money's friend, Marsha Barnes, a personal finance expert, financial social worker, commentator, and founder of The Finance Bar, are sharing some amazing tips and insights to help you move from feeling insecure to, I got this, this open enrollment. Well, Meredith and Marsha, I am so excited to have you both here today to talk about a really important topic, benefits, open enrollment. I mean, 2020 has already been just a crazy year, but I'm excited to have you both here to help maybe weed our way a little bit through the madness this year. And Meredith, I know that uh, you're with MetLife and MetLife just came out with this survey of some, some stats that are a little... They're not surprising, but maybe a little, uh, you know, upsetting to hear that, you know, Gen Z, millennial workers, they're really stressed, uh, stressed to signing up for benefits, feel really insecure about lots of different aspects of their finances. And I- I'm just curious, you know, what do you think, it's probably hard to put our, our finger on it, but what do you think is really the cause of, of Gen Z and millennials feeling super stressed about benefits? So, you know, they're not unlike the rest of us, right? I think everyone is feeling uh, the stress, obviously, of the pandemic and the uh, economic environment and the general uncertainty and, and unrest. But uh, we know that that younger generations who are newer to the workforce um, are, are certainly working longer hours. Uh, they are trying to find information that they trust. They're trying to find people like them uh, who also might have a little more uh, insight or, or maybe a little more information about these kind of decisions. Uh, we know that one in five people don't feel secure about these decisions. Um, 54% of uh, younger workers feel insecure about their finances in general. And we know that, you know, nobody loves the open enrollment process. We have a really healthy (laughs) understanding of that. Nobody likes to think about this stuff. Many times you're thinking about 
you know, what could go wrong? And you're thinking about, you know, do I need to spend this money? And we know from our broader survey that uh, people are much more um, focused on open enrollment this year than they have been in years past because they realize how important this is. And frankly, people want to find any way they can control a little bit more of their life um, in this really uncertain environment. So I think people are taking stock in a different way, uh, but we know we need to over-communicate because um, 40% of millennials uh, feel the process is boring and confusing. Uh, 59% of Gen Z uh, feels this way. But all that being said, this same group of employees are putting the most emphasis on this year's open enrollment period. Uh, 58% said that this year, uh, this was more important than last year. So I think we we finally have um, people paying attention to this and we just hope to um, get all the information out there so that they can make the best decisions uh, they can. Yeah, I think if 2020 does has done anything, people's eyes are wide open about a lot of things. And and Marsha, I'm curious because you're really passionate about teaching women and couples about financial wellness and you know, about alleviating some of the stress from people, particularly when it comes to money decisions like benefits or any of the other big money decisions that people have. You know, what are some ways that people can move from feeling stressed out or feeling like, oh, this is boring, I don't want to do this, into really understanding that that these are positive uh, money steps that you can take in your journey? Like, what are some of those steps people can focus on? I think when we, when we consider younger generations, um, it goes back to what Meredith just mentioned. For many of us, benefits aren't, you know, an exciting part of what we should be focused on financially. And when you push that over to a younger generation, simply because they don't have as much life experiences as many of us do. So it's not that they aren't so concerned about it. It's just that they don't know that they need to be concerned. So, but but when you pair that with how do benefits, benefits affect me or it reduces financial risk, those are some ways that we can communicate to those generations of how important it is, um, not only for you know health reasons. And if you get sick, then you're able to go to the doctor and, and pay this copay in that type of language um, for them to understand. But for you know Gen Z and millennials, that generation is really focused on how much money am I bringing home. You know, if we're being really transparent with this, you know, about this conversation. So ways that we can really get them to focus more on um, the impacts of how benefits can serve them well is to help them better understanding how the benefits can help them. You know, if you go to the doctor, how much do they have to pay out of pocket opposed to if they had certain benefits in place, um, the difference in what that pay would look like, because then they're able to bump that against, you know, oh, well, if I had benefits, then I wouldn't have to pay out this amount of money. Many millennials and Gen Z, they have pets, but they may aware that pets, you know, that there's a such thing as pet insurance. So opposed to going to the veterinarian and those types of things where they have to pay out of pocket expenses, those are ways, um, I mentioned that because those are ways that millennials and many Gen Zs can simply relate to why benefits are important to them. So I, again, there, I think that when we, we speak about benefits in a way of the financial risk, that it helps to reduce, those are ways that we can help those individuals to be um, more engaged with the entire open enrollment process. 
I like that. I think that's a really smart way to to think about it. And another stat that I thought was really interesting said that, um, I mean, not surprising, but said that 67% of Gen Z and millennials spent more time on other activities, like choosing your TV show to watch or what to eat for dinner, uh, than on benefits. So Meredith, you know, is there an answer to the question, like, how much time should you spend researching benefits? Like, what sort of what sort of things should you be looking at and how much time should you actually devote to this? Listen, I get as overwhelmed by Netflix as the next person. And I know <laughs> it's hard to make a choice. Your time is precious. However, when it comes to open enrollment, you know, especially this year, this is the one time during the year uh, you get to take a look at uh, what benefits and programs your employer might be offering this year and what makes sense for you given everything that's going on in your life. So, you know, I know some of us might be living with more family members than we did last year, or to Marsha's point, maybe you got a pandemic puppy, uh, or maybe you're, you know, you're, you're not, um, you know, living in your, your apartment you've been renting for the last couple of years, and, and maybe you bought a house in the suburbs, you know, so many different things have probably changed. It's time uh, to do that inventory because you know more about yourself than anybody else will. So it's really on you um, to make those decisions. And and I know people are are unfortunately thinking about things like life insurance and supplemental health insurance in a way they definitely would not have last year. They're also thinking about you know things like uh, creating a will or updating a will or creating a healthcare proxy. This might be a time when you have to have, um, you know, uh, uncomfortable conversation with your parents and ask them, you know, what they want you to do um, if the, you know, worst case scenario were to happen. I mean, I've I've had those conversations with my parents. I'm sure many people have. It's it's really been a, a sobering time. So I know that's going through a lot of people's minds. So, you know, usually people spend about ten minutes on open enrollment. Spend a half hour this year. That's three times as long, and you'll you'll feel better after it. I I promise you'll feel like you did something good that day. Yeah, I think um, there are definitely a lot of uncomfortable conversations, particularly around money, and I'm sure this year is many people are having many of those those conversations. And I know I've had a lot of friends ping me and ask me, uh, you know, it's open enrollment. I I have no idea. Obviously, now with COVID, they're thinking about things differently, but I have no idea what plan might be right for me. Should I switch plans? Should I stay with the same plan? I'll just throw it out to both of you. You know, how do you begin to sort out what plan might be right for you? You know, as with anything else, in order to feel confident in, you know, any decision we make, specifically on this topic, open enrollment, you're going to make benefits in a way that you understand benefits. So I would say, you know, choosing the right benefits can be, you know, time consuming, you know, to Meredith's point earlier, but it can also be confusing. But the trouble is, as you mentioned, which is great for your friends, because they do take the opportunity um, to reach out to you to gain an understanding. But many people simply shy away from openly talking about their benefits, or they really don't fully understand how different benefits can help protect them financially. But we all know that asking questions, you know, about anything that we are uncertain about is how we really learn. So I would suggest that for individuals that are unsure about their offerings, that they reach out to or reach out by number one, asking a friend, you know, like your friends do you as a simple conversation or their HR professionals, uh, Shana, many, um, I can't tell you how many conversations I have with individuals that are just simply unaware that 
that is what, in many cases, HR is there to do for them. You know, they many many of them just simply think, you know, HR, they're the people that hire, they re- <laughs> and that doesn't go, you know, any further than that. But there again, why this survey is so important and these conversations are, in, are really crucial um, for employers to have is to bring about awareness around who they can have these conversations with. So asking your friend, HR professionals, and even family members. When we think, you know, again, about Gen Z or millennials, they simply don't know what they don't know because they don't have enough life experiences. We're talking about, you know, young adults that some of them may be a couple of years out of high school. Some of them could be freshly out of college. So life experiences help. HR HR professionals are crucial if you don't have friends that, you know, are maybe above your age range and they are also not not familiar. Then asking family or asking family members um, is also helpful. But then, you know, take advantage of the resources that are offered by your employer. Like, I, I really believe they are the first line of defense because they are going to have the answers about what they offer. Like there's no one better to reach out to. So I would just simply say when you take it, when you put all of those together and put all of those steps into place, this will just help you make a better informed decision that's tailored to whatever your unique needs are. Mm, Yeah, I like that. I think that's really great advice. Uh, Meredith, do you have anything you want want to add on to that? Yeah, so I think that you know, everyone needs to obviously re- reflect on their own personal situation, um, like Marsha has has described. But you know, I think that people are less aware of benefits like critical illness insurance or hospital indemnity insurance. You know, the most important decision you probably have to make each year is making sure you're in the right health plan, right? Make sure you have medical insurance either through your employer or your spouse's employer, but make sure you you have it. Um, most people, you know, with a $500 unexpected medical bill can go into bankruptcy. It's one of the leading causes of bankruptcy. So things like critical illness insurance and hospital indemnity insurance are meant to fill in that unexpected out-of-pocket expense. Most times people have medical insurance, the people we're talking about, but they still are not prepared for that unexpected bill. So most people can also not, you know, hit the target goal of having six months of your income saved in the case of a rainy day. Most people aren't able to do that. So think about things like, you know, I could spend $250 a year on one of these supplemental health policies. It comes out of my paycheck every two weeks. You know, that's not a lot of money over the entire year. That gives me some peace of mind. If something happened, I would be covered. Um, life insurance is really important. Disability insurance is important uh, for people who are worried about, you know, something happening and not being able to work, not being able to earn uh, their income. So I think that's how people have to frame it up this year. Um, I mentioned earlier, I know we, we've seen a tremendous amount of people who are interested in completing an online will um, or, you know, updating their will or their healthcare proxy in light of, um, you know, what's happening around them. Um, so we've certainly seen a lot more interest in that. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. 
Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And now listeners of this show get an extended 30 day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. 
That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. We've got an Ask Shauna, and this one comes from Naomi. And Naomi says, Hi, Shauna. My husband and I have been mass consuming all of your episodes during the pandemic. A year ago, I never thought I would say that I listened to a podcast about money and actually love it, and I'm learning a lot. We've both been able to save over $3,000 this year, which is a miracle considering we make a fairly small income. All your tips are shared with my family and friends, and you even came up recently on a Zoom call with my parents. I told them about high-yield savings accounts, and we talked about money mindset, which was a pretty mind-blowing conversation. Anyway, we're both going to be looking for a new healthcare plan through the health insurance marketplace, and we're wondering your thoughts. Should we pick the same plan as this year or a different one? I look at all the numbers and I just don't know what is the right thing to do since everything is so expensive. Thanks again, and I really appreciate your time in answering this question. Well, Naomi, that is fantastic. Being able to save $3,000 this year is definitely a, a miracle and such an amazing step. I'm so proud of you guys. And uh, I love that you share the tips with your with your family. That's really cool. I think... That's one of the, um, I guess, missions for me behind this podcast is that you learn something and then you can go teach someone else what you learn and we can just spread this kind of money love all around, if you will, and hopefully help demystify for a lot of us since we know we're not taught about money and we're just kind of feeling our way through the dark. Uh, a couple of things just to keep in mind, the health insurance marketplace, also known as Obamacare. The open enrollment is November 1st through December 15th, so you still got some time if you want to switch up your plan. And the plans do change year to year, right? They do usually get more expensive. Some plans uh, some plans change their benefits. Some plans change their deductible. So you want to make sure even if you're sticking with the same plan that you at least take a look at it and make sure that the parameters are pretty much the same. And then I pay attention to what I call DCC, deductible, coinsurance, and copays, right? So the deductible is the amount you pay before your health insurance company will start paying. Coinsurance is the amount that you pay once you've hit your deductible. So you typically see like 70-30 or 60-40 or 80-20. And the first number is the number that the health insurance company will pay on any claim, the second number is the percentage that you will pay, right? So if it's 80-20, you'd pay 20% of whatever that, that bill is. And then copays is the amount when you go to the doctor. How much is the copay? It can range anywhere from $10 to $50, $60. It just depends on, on the plan. So DCC, those are the three things I'm always looking at. And I'm always weighing it against how much money do I have set aside in my emergency fund? What if I needed to come up with a deductible? Would I be able to cover this without going into debt? 
that's always something I'm looking about. If the if the answer is no, then I'm thinking, okay, how could I save every month to at least have my deductible amount saved up if I needed to use it? Another thing is call your primary doctors and just make sure that they take the healthcare plans and that you are considered in network. Again, this could change year to year. So you just want to make sure that the doctors you love are in network and they'll take the plan. And then from there, I start thinking about like, how many times do I go to the doctor? How many times did you go to the doctor last year or maybe 2018? Because those are probably better years to use than 2020. And think about, okay, 2021, as far as you know, <laughs> is there anything different? Are you going to try to have a baby? Are you? Do you need surgery? Is there anything that might be like a big added expense next year where you might need to switch your plan in order to just cover you better, right? This this all comes down to just math. And it's really easy to pencil these things out. If you pretty much just go to the doctor once or twice a year, maybe you can take a plan with a higher deductible because you're only going to the doctor a few times. Maybe you're doing your annual physical and maybe you get sick once or twice. So you want to just look back at the last couple of years and think, okay, on average, what does my healthcare look like? And then does the plan that I'm shopping kind of line up with that, right? So just don't always pick the plan that's the cheapest. We tend to want to do that, but sometimes that really leaves you high and dry if you do need to go to the doctor or if you need to go to the emergency room or something happens, all right? So hoping that that's helped you a little bit. Uh, also, you didn't share your working status, but if you are self-employed, you can get a deduction for 100% of your health insurance premium, including dental for yourself, your spouse, and your dependents. So this can be a real perk. If if anyone's listening, they moved to self-employed this year. Yes, you still got to pay the, pay the premiums, but at least you get some sort of deduction. So Naomi, thanks for sharing this awesome question that fit right into this episode today and, and keep up the great work. Yeah, I'm curious, Meredith, if you could just talk for a, a few a few minutes. Uh, critical illness insurance is definitely something that people aren't familiar with, and I know a lot of people just pass it by when they're when they're choosing benefits because they're just think, oh, this is just an added expense. But could you explain just like a little bit what uh, critical illness insurance is? Sure. So um, critical illness is meant to provide additional money in a lump sum should you get diagnosed with. Um, a critical illness. So every single policy is different. So people have to, you know, read what they're being offered. So I don't want to comment on um, specific benefit uh, provisions. You you definitely would want to read that and pay attention to it. But um, basically, you know, it it was created because there were these out-of-pocket expenses that people uh, were on the hook for, even though they had underlying medical insurance. So if you think about it, you know, many of us, I'm sure, uh, have friends and family members or may have even uh, personally experienced a cancer diagnosis. Now, your medical insurance will pay for most of that, but it won't pay for your travel to a facility uh, that's outside of, you know, your your immediate area. It's not going to pay for childcare because you have to, you know, change your, um, you know, your travel schedule. It's not going to pay for your lost income because you can't go to work. 
So it's meant to be there as a stopgap and to give you that immediate lump sum payment. Usually it's anywhere from, you know, between $10,000 and $50,000. But most companies are offering, you know, coverage, um, you know, between $15,000 to $30,000. And it's really meant to fill in gaps. Um, so it's it's important. It's something, you know, that's become uh, much more popular in the last, you know, five, five to 10 years because um, a lot of medical plans have higher deductibles. So people have more risk of having that out-of-pocket expense. You know, back in the, uh, the old days when we had medical insurance through our employers and there was no deductible um, and healthcare <laughs> costs weren't ex- as expensive as they were now, it wasn't quite as popular, but um, certainly with the um, growth of those types of plans, um, they certainly uh, have become more needed. Ah, oh, the good old days. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, and, and 2020, you, you talk about gaps, and I think gaps is like a really important word to talk about specifically when we're talking about money because everybody wants to focus on the good side of money, of, of growing their money and investing and, and everything, you know, pretty buying the house and all those sorts of things. But usually the tough part about money is in these gaps and certainly when it comes to benefits. And I know, you know, 2020s brought so many changes. So many people have been laid off or furloughed or uh, just, you know, all sorts of changes with, with jobs. How do you uh, deal with, you know, benefits or healthcare? If you've lost your job, if you're one of those people, are there questions you should be asking HR about, you know, how long do I need to keep my benefits or I can keep my benefits? You know, how do you uh, what what even do you focus on if you're somebody who's kind of in that uh, that category this year? You know, Shauna, it's it's really unfortunate to see how COVID-19 has impacted the financial challenges of individuals because many of them were already facing financial financial challenges pre-COVID. So, you know, this, the the pandemic just intensified what they were already dealing with. You know, a lot of what I am hearing across the board, if individuals were not, if they didn't lose their job, they still, you know, were impacted by reduced hours. Or if they were employed, you know, they were offered overtime a lot, you know, especially at this time of year. Um, and then many of them were just laid off in general. So that that's one thing that they were already impacted by is the loss of their income. But on top of that, as you mentioned, when it comes to benefits, if you have been furloughed, then you are likely able to really hold on to your health insurance at least for a few months. So I would definitely check with uh, your employer you know, if you have um, been faced with that. And when you're laid off, you typically also lose your benefits. However, um, that's not always across the board, Shanna. So I would say that if anyone has been impacted by a layoff, then they should also check with whoever their employer um, was as well. But I'm going to also just add this, this piece of advice is if you have not been furloughed, if you have not been laid off, then now is the perfect time to still be taking advantage of your benefits. Like right right now is the time. Um, and then that's even more reason to really pay really close attention to what you are enrolling in this year. Taking stock of what did you enroll in, you know, last year? 
bump that against what may have happened for you this year that was unexpected. And if you would have had, you know, certain benefits in place, how that could have like reduced some of that financial impact. So I would definitely just to quickly recap that if you have been furloughed, you may still have your benefits, but check with your employer. If you were laid off again, they typically, you know, you don't get to carry those benefits away with you, but I would still check just to see if there's anything that you are able to hold on to at least for a while. But if you have not been impacted by any of this yet, now is the perfect time to definitely be taking account and advantage of your benefits and then just really opening your eyes wide this year during the open enrollment period. I think that's great advice, Marsha, because what you're speaking to is no matter what situation you're in, you know, don't ignore open enrollment. Even if your plan is going to stay the same, you're not going to make any changes do the due diligence that you owe yourself. I mean, this is these are things for yourself, for um, your family, whoever it may be. You know, take take some time and at least evaluate the options that are out there, and don't be afraid to ask questions. I know so many people are afraid to ask their HR, thinking, "Oh, maybe something's going to get taken away from me," or they just don't even know what question to ask. So, I think what you're speaking to is great. Like, just you know, take ownership of this time and. Meredith, I, I was curious if you could just run through a little bit, like, what is the time frame for open enrollment? Like, how much time do people normally have to make these decisions? Sure. So every every situation is different, depends on your employer, but most uh, employers will offer about a two-week period. So think, you know, the full two weeks, uh, usually kick off on a Monday um, and close out on, you know, a Friday. And it's usually this time of year. So late October, early November, because uh, the majority of um, companies have January 1st effective dates for their new plans. But that's not true for everybody, Um, you know, especially on the um, smaller end. You know, a lot of times employers get their first insurance policy when they have enough employees to get one. So um, (laughs) it can be all over the map. So make sure you pay attention to that. And, um, you know, this is definitely go time for open enrollment. Right. Yeah. The green light is on. <laughs> and I'm yeah. curious for, for both of you, uh, Meredith, maybe you could start this off as are there some ways that um, people can save money when they're shopping for benefits, you know, and maybe how do you weigh in, in your own finances? You know, we're so used to like, let's just find the thing with the lowest cost. And that's what we'll get. But that's not always the best for your situation. Yeah. You know, how do you how do you have that conversation with yourself and kind of weigh that out? Well, I have two two things. I try to give some analogies so people can can understand it. So, one, I like to say insurance is the original GoFundMe. You know, I get so <laughs> frustrated when I see on you know Facebook and friends of mine and family members who you know something really you know unfortunate has happened and they're trying to raise money um, to help you know themselves or help a really dear friend. And if you had some of the insurance I talked about earlier, it's just a much more efficient use of your own capital. So, you know, the expression, you need to um, spend money to make money. You need to spend a little money to save money when it comes to benefits. So you really need to think about, um, 
you know, what you're likely to do next year. What's going to happen? What do you think could happen? What are you planning for? What are you saving for? Um, what do you need to make sure you've um, you've taken care of? So the other, you know, the other really important thing to keep in mind is that your employer is the best place to find the best deal. You know, for your for most of us, uh, your employer is negotiating on behalf of a much larger group of people and they're not, you know, paying for some of the things that are associated with some individual products that that we might all have access to. So employers are able to negotiate great deals with uh, large, reputable companies. So it's a great place to start and you can feel confident that, you know, you're getting a good deal through your employer. So I would keep that in mind, too. Yeah, I think that's that's such a great point. Uh, Marcia, do you have anything you want to add on there? Um, I would also add, you know, when we think about what types of insurance or benefits that could um, serve us well, I'm just a fan of like picking up the call, you know, picking up the phone. So as an example, you know, I, I keep going back back to pets, but I know how important <laughs> they are to so many individuals. You know, just a simple you know, analogy, if you call you know, up to your vet and you just tell them, you know, hey, I would like to bring in, you know, my pet routinely, maybe this amount of times, you know, each year or like when they, whenever my pet needs shots. And then you compare that to, well, if I had this certain benefit, how much would it cost me, you know, as a benefit opposed to how much would I have to pay out of pocket? So again, to Meredith's point, so many individuals are concerned with simply, you know, let me just take on the benefit that is just less because I want to bring more money home. And that's really understandable. But I, I believe the way that you make sense of that is just having those conversations with the people that service you, service you, your family, your pets and otherwise, and just compare the two. Um, because I think that that is how you identify how attractive benefits really are and how important open enrollment really is. Mm. That's that's also great advice. I love that. I love the message about being proactive. I love the message about don't being afraid to ask questions and to really take some time to to think this out and use this. I mean, again, if this year has shown us anything, like these these things are really important. Benefits are really important. You know, we don't know who might get sick, who might not get sick, and the extent, and you know, all of these things. Obviously, now and and into the future. And I was wondering if each of you could maybe just give me your, you know, top one or two little checklist items here as we wrap up of what do you think, what do you want to leave people with? You know, what should they be thinking about going into, into open enrollment? So, you know, I would start out, especially this year, check your mailbox. You know, none of us really look forward to getting in the mail. Um, but I've come to look forward to that uh, since I've been working from home for so many months. And if your employer's taking the time to send something to your home, make sure you read it. So many employers are offering new benefits this year because they know that people have different needs. So they're offering, you know, different, um, you know, benefits or access to different uh, networks and programs to help with things like telemedicine or, you know, additional childcare support, um, you know, so many different things. Employers understand that this is a really tough time and people need different things than they needed a year ago. So I would definitely look for that. Obviously, anything that's emailed to you or, or any other resources you have um, online through your employer, check those out. And then I'd also encourage people to talk to their family and friends. 
so many times people don't do this. People don't want to have these conversations. They don't want to talk about uh, benefits or, the, or what could happen. Um, but it's important. And we know that once people do that, they oftentimes learn something they didn't know and they have a different perspective and they also feel a little more confident. So in addition to everything your employer is offering, you know, calling your HR department or speaking to a benefits counselor if they're being, you know, offered as a part of your open enrollment process. You know, don't forget to talk to friends and family. You'd be surprised what you might learn. I like that. That's great advice. Hey, I'm a fan of opening my mail. So <laughs> I may be the one, I may be the person joining your party yeah. too. Uh, I like well, it now. It's I do too. It's just like a little excitement in the day, you know? Exactly. It gets me outside. Exactly. Well, Marsha, do you have a, a couple of things that you would add uh, on your checklist for what people should be thinking about? Um, one thing that I would definitely want to leave um, with anyone that will hear um, our discussion today is to view benefits as being a really great coupon. And open enrollment is when you want to identify how big of a coupon can you receive. I think that when we when we view money as a way of how it is resourceful for us, how benefits help us to keep more money in our pockets and it helps our overall financial health, we get more excited about it. So I definitely want to encourage everyone, not only this year, but years to come, to really get excited about open enrollment. Talking and discussing the pandemic um, can feel really heavy, but we won't always be in this place. So even beyond this year, um, I would just definitely say tune in, um, get comfortable with asking questions and just know the reason why you're asking these questions is just because you want to gain a better understanding around how this will work for you um, as an individual, but also if you have a family. So definitely just tune in, um, ask the questions and keep asking, asking questions until you get the answers that you need. So just a little friendly reminder from me to you not to hit the snooze button this open enrollment season. If you want to find out more, MetLife put together a great website with all sorts of open enrollment information. You can watch videos of real people having real conversations at metlife.com slash open enrollment. And you can find Marsha at thefinancebar.com and learn more about open enrollment on the Finance Bar social channels, Instagram, Twitter at the Finance Bar. As always, I want to give a huge thanks to our episode sponsors and a big thanks to you for checking out this episode. Please share this with friends, family members, people that you know need to learn this information. And as always, I'll see you back here in a few days. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.